Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today we are talking about shame. Shame, yes. Brene Brown has done lectures, talks on this. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a great topic. So Donovan, what are your initial thoughts when it comes to shame? Oh, let's see. This is one that I'm maybe not as familiar with uh, as opposed to other emotions, just because it's not one that I have felt a ton or have had necessarily personal problems with. But the first thing that sort of comes to mind is uh shame and sort of guilt and maybe we can play out like mm, those two concepts good. and how they're different and how they're the same um because i don't know that i'm super clear on that off the top of my head but i imagine there is some important nuance there so not a very useful starting uh, but that <laughs> those are my first thoughts well, when it comes to shame for me, I think it's sort of ingrained in the Asian culture. <laughs> it's kind of part of like your upbringing. I think um, Asian culture and maybe like Jewish culture, it's all about shame, <laughs> shaming and uh, making you feel like you're not good enough. And what comes to mind initially, like things that I have felt shameful about in my life particularly is uh, not being able to speak Chinese, even though I was born in California. And, but, you know, if I run across like another Chinese person and they're like, start talking to me in Chinese and I say, oh, I don't speak Chinese. There's that look of like, ooh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Your parents should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> like that look. And, you know, I think when I was younger, it might have bothered me a lot more. And now I've just kind of accepted that, you know, people will have their opinions and it doesn't affect me and it doesn't make the difference. Um, and I've built up my self-worth over the years, too. So that has helped significantly. But those that's like the initial incident of like shame or not not getting good grades. There's shame around that, like you're not good enough. I think it's just kind of like like they don't really celebrate your victories like when you get an A it's like oh you did your job <laughs> but then when you do below than what you're supposed to do there's the shame factor um was my experience growing up so I feel familiar with it but I'm thankful that I haven't felt shameful in a really long time so based on that and I'll probably be asking you a lot of questions because again shame isn't like a feeling that's super um, prevalent for me. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned a lot of external factors. Yeah. What would you say um, sort of the differences or like how would you tease apart shame as a feeling internally as opposed to like people trying to push it on you, right? Because a lot of what you said was like uh, just these interactions where like you would be shamed. And I'm I'm curious how that fits as opposed to just like feeling shame yourself like if it's one-to-one -one or this anyway 
Yeah, I think it can go both ways. You know, I think when I was younger, like if I had like someone be like, oh, you don't speak Chinese and then give me the look, I would be feeling bad about myself and feeling like I'm not good enough. And just like I'm a disgrace of a nation, basically, is <laughs> the experience that I have on a personal level. But I think it there there is a difference between the external factor, like being shamed. You can let it affect you or you don't let it affect you. And I think it, it comes down to how developed you are in your own self-worth and your personal development to to be able to withstand it or have resistance against it or not, essentially. So I'd be curious if there are instances where you have felt shame that are like weren't tied to anything external at all, I guess was the question I was trying to get, right? Because like, it makes sense to me if um, that we'll use this Chinese example, somebody's like, oh, you don't speak Chinese. And then you feel bad about it. Like that path makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just curious if there's more internal solo paths where you felt shame and what that experience has been like. For me, I think it's shame around when I couldn't make a relationship work. Um, that's also from my mm-hmm. youth. It was, uh, you know, my initial thoughts are like grades typically. And then it's like not being a good enough Asian Chinese person. Uh, then the other thing is like not being able to have a successful relationship, which I really struggled with in my twenties of getting dumped a lot of times. It was a lot of times like I was, I didn't have that self-worth and I couldn't even identify that my self-worth was lacking in that sense, because what I am thankful that my parents taught is taught me is to work hard. So in a relationship, I thought if I just work harder, this should work better. <laughs> and the harder that I worked, it almost like pushed them further away. Maybe it came off as needy or desperate or whatever. And so when that relationship ended, it felt like it, the eternal experience is like, I'm a failure. And mm. even though I did the best that I can, like now I would be like, oh, I did the best that I can and it's okay. Not everything works out. But back then it would have been like, I'm a failure. Nobody, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. All of that negative internal talk is the experience um, that really just kind of sets you up for failure in your next one because you're worried about that you're like well what if the same thing happens and then you're desperate and needy again and then the same thing does happen it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy (laughs) so would you say that the same thing happened when you felt shame externally which is let me color that in a little bit yeah like it the way you've been talking about is like some sort of action or event or whatever happened and then you felt shame in a way that like your character felt negative like you felt like your character was not good enough in some way or in terms of like i'm not a good person or whatever else Mm -hmm. did did that does that map on to the same way you've experienced shame sort of externally so like hey you like i'm judging you because you can't speak chinese or whatever right um when you felt shame was it from those things was it still the same sort of like character sort of attacks on yourself um i'd say maybe on occasion, but I would say that it was more on me than from external forces. And that honestly, I generally didn't feel shamed a whole lot, maybe like once in a while from my parents for 
random silly things um but like from like friends or even most family it just didn't seem like I could I could distinguish that that clearly wasn't their intention but Mm -hmm. it was just me feeling like actually I can even remember an incident just a few years ago where I was in a leadership program and I was trying to mix certain measures for that program that I wasn't able to to meet even though I was like working so hard and trying my best to get to those measures. And so I felt like a failure and I even like cried in front of my class because I feel like I was letting my team down in a way. But one of my coaches came up to me and she was like, you know, you realize that there's nothing you could do that could disappoint us. That failure is like over there with you and not over here with us. And I realized that a lot of the times it is, just more of my internal experience based on my own self-judgment of feeling like I'm not doing or performing well enough. I'm disappointing people. I'm a failure, like all of that negative self-talk. And it's like, doesn't even occur to the other side sometimes. So that, that does happen too. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of uh, what the characteristics of shame when, Mm -hmm. when you end up feeling them. Now, I'm just going to badger you with questions today, but (laughs) I'd be curious what you feel like the difference is between the times you felt shame and guilt. If you can think Mm -hmm. of any like instances where you felt guilt and then maybe like we can try to parse out the difference between the two. Yeah, I think for my own personal experience, and this could be different for other people, my experience of shame is usually like internalized, like I did something wrong. I did something bad versus guilt is like, oh, I hurt someone. It involves Mm -hmm. another party or person. And then it's guilt over like that, like, oh, maybe it was unintentional. Like, oh, I really let this person down. Like I said, I was going to do this thing and maybe I forgot. And then I feel guilty. And then I feel like I have to make up for it. But I don't feel like there's shame there. It's more of like, oh man, I really let this person down um, or I hurt them in some capacity I think it involves another person but I don't know what what do you think about that yeah I think that tracks again shame is the one that comes naturally to me but like if I think about guilt right uh, for example playing soccer yesterday yeah. I made a poor judgment decision and ended up just like hitting someone harder than I meant to mm-hmm. um, in a way that like could have got someone injured potentially it wasn't like yeah. crazy bad but I feel some guilt around that, but I don't feel any shame around yeah. that. And right. I think it's, it, it goes back to sort of what you were saying around like, um, or at least the the distinction that we're starting to pick apart, which like, I don't feel like necessarily I'm a bad person because of that. I don't feel like, right. like, oh, I'm, I've made this horrible mistake that is uh, indicative of my character, but I do feel guilty in terms of like, oh, I should probably try to learn from this and not, right. um, do things like this in the future, but uh, partially like it was also a mistake too, right? Like it's part of partially a judgment call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wonder if, if I was more prone to sort of like internalizing those things, if guilt could quickly become shame. Um, but again, it's just not a, an emotion or at least not uh, a phrasing. I mean, maybe I have the exact same experience, but phrase it differently, but it's just not something I'm super familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking of when I feel shame, there's like the negative self-talk, 
but with guilt it's just like or with shame I feel like I'm stewing in in the shame away and I'm not quite sure how to like break free from that in those darker moments but with guilt it's almost like I'm not so focused on myself I'm focused on like what can I do to make this right with this other person Mm. and and so it's almost like easier to give get over I don't know it depends it depends on how bad it is and if I can actually do something to make the situation right (laughs) like I remember um in college with my college boyfriend he was DJing an event and I went home early and he said to like leave the key and I might have told this story before he said to leave the key in the mailbox which I forgot to do and I don't keep my phone on volume (laughs) so my phone is usually always silent so he gets home like pretty late at night um I'm dead asleep he calls me like a hundred times. <laughs> I don't hear it because my phone's not on. So, and I forgot about the key. So he had to wait like for several hours uh, out in the dark and the cold <laughs> because I forgot this thing. And I felt so bad and so guilty. There was no shame in it, but I felt so bad that I like to make up for it. I, the next day I cleaned his room uh, to kind of like do something nice for him. And then he was like, oh, are you trying to make me feel bad for not having a clean room? <laughs> I was like, no, I was trying to make up for what I did to you and I'm sorry. So so that that was a definite guilt experience, but I felt like we were able to move past it. You know, okay, let me do something to, to make it right. And then we could go, move forward kind of a thing. So with some of your experiences uh where you've had like shame before do you ever do you feel like there's a there's a component where like you could take an action to remedy something or like is that not part of that experience um I think maybe eventually it dissipates but maybe it doesn't (laughs) I'm like maybe I bring that shame maybe I'm not as heavily focused on it but it's still there lingering in the background to some extent. It wasn't really until like, I mean, there are actions in that, like I wasn't specifically like, I'm going to go work on my shame right now. It was more like, oh, I want to work on getting better at relationships. I want to work on like improving my relationship with my father or my partner. And, and it was more like that was the goal, not in shame. And then what I discovered in doing that personal development work, it was like, oh, I need to work on me and my lack of self-worth and my internal shame factor and all that negative self-talk that comes with that. That's, that's really like the root of all these other problems. And that took, you know, a bit of work to discover that for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me try and run a parallel and see how this feels. So like when you say you experienced guilt and then you wanted to like do the action of um, cleaning, right? Right. To try to like make amends in some way. Yeah. When you felt shame, is there some sort of like, so let's say you're feeling shameful about not being able to speak Chinese. Yeah. Has has that emotion ever like given you drive to do that thing? No, (laughs) I still don't (laughs) want to learn Chinese. 
it more actually <laughs> if I'm shamed for it now I'm almost like upset by them because it's like subtle racism in my head and I put it back on them <laughs> because it's like how dare they like assume that I should be able to speak Chinese now um you wouldn't do that with like you see a redhead and you're like do you speak like Irish <laughs> like or or just like make that assumption or if they have like an Italian last name you're like you must speak Italian right no they don't do that <laughs> if you're white so that's maybe that's a subtle change um in my experience now uh versus back then maybe it was like I still didn't even feel motivated to learn Chinese then it was like oh I'm just bad but I it doesn't feel like oh I can improve this by learning Chinese, I was like, well, I guess I suck as an Asian. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that actually maps on nicely to sort of my experience with, uh, I guess, being shamed, right? Like, yeah. that's that's the, the second thing you said is the thing that I have just always had naturally, where it's like, you know, if someone has some sort of, passes some sort of judgment on me that I just don't find to be valid at all, and it has caused me to either just be apathetic or like angry right mm -hmm. and yeah uh, I got some of the same stuff because I have my grandma's Chinese she mm -hmm. she likes to she likes to rattle on about some specific things in ways that she thinks I should be living my life mm -hmm. but never even as a little kid like it has always just turned into that second thing that you said I don't know why not like yeah. naturally that happened to be that whatever my brain worked but um I think that's part of the reason that I haven't felt you know, sort of like this shame feeling as much as just because being shamed for whatever reason, I've just been like, this is just a judgment. That's this, this is your own thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's more like you need like cultural sensitivity training and they're clearly ignorant <laughs> kind of a thing. It just yeah. reminds me, I think I've told you this. I don't know if I've told this story on the actual podcast though, but yeah. My grandma one time was after I switched into software, I was just talking to her about the job and the, and the change and stuff. And she was like, have you ever thought about going into venture capitalism? And I'm like, I just switched into software like a year or two ago. Right. Like I need to get my feet under me before I even consider switching careers again. And she was like, well, I really just want to make sure that you're able to make a good living. And I'm like, uh, software jobs are like are pretty good pretty good in general yeah. like right and i've happened to land a couple that are like exceptionally good mm -hmm. and and she was like you know but i really just want you to have a good living and i'm like yeah, what do you mean by that like what does that mean what do you have to have to have a good living and she was like well you probably need to make like a billion dollars a year it's like a billion dollars a year <laughs> oh okay <laughs> You know, there's only like a, a, a handful of people making a decent living in your mind. Like right. you don't need a billion dollars a year to have a place to live and food to eat and be able to just take care of your bills and expenses and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that example is a little bit out there, but and may, maybe that's why it always rolled off my back. Maybe the, maybe the shames were yeah. always just like structured in a way that I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think it's ingrained in, in a lot of Asian cultures of just, you know, if you are successful, okay, whatever, you did what you're supposed to do, but you need to go for more, obviously. That's, that, and there's, there's never like being satisfied because it's like, oh, well, you could always be doing better. You should be doing better. And if you're doing 
under what like they have in their head as successful then you're like oh you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> like how oh yeah you really yeah you really need to get your act together even though you might perfectly be living a comfortable life or something to that extent it's 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 ingrained and so as I've learned that you know I don't need to be making a million dollars and I could be perfectly satisfied not making a million dollars and I have a happy life and I'd rather um you know have a good work-life balance than be working 80 hours a week honestly to to get this like weird goal in my head that you know is created out of nothing really yes so on that note I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit towards like maybe things that we could do to create a more supportive environment for people to not cause other people to feel shame yeah and I think one example that comes to mind for me is like there are members of my family for example who never went to college and or never finished and feel really shameful about it Mm -hmm. and I I'm sure that they've gotten like negative external validation, right? Like outside sources saying that it's bad for some reason or another. Right. Um, But I've always found that just being able to communicate, like, I don't know that I have no judgment in that realm Mm -hmm. has been helpful for them. And in the same way, I would be curious what things you've seen either that you've been able to do that, reduce shame for people or things that other people have done for you that have helped you minimize shame? Yeah. One thing that comes to mind when I think of like people shaming other people is the the mommy shaming <laughs> apparently is I'm not a parent yet, but uh, I have so many parent friends and, and yeah, I, I hear this constant like judgment. Maybe it's from family or friends or strangers of like how they are parenting and I've kind of heard a lot of the shaming and how they feel shamed. And I'm, I purposely try to create a space of like, Hey, your kid's alive. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. You're doing the best you can. That's pretty awesome. However, whatever means you get there, that's cool. And so I, I try to leave a space of like, you know, well, one, I'm not a person to judge how you're doing things because I'm not a parent yet. So who am I to say like, what's the best method of doing things? And it's like, yeah, it's your family. It's your choice on, on how you want to go about that. So it's giving them the space. Like I, I give my sister space to complain about her mother (laughs) on like certain judgments that get passed or other things. So that that's kind of what I try to do. Be like almost a nonchalant, like, yeah, do whatever you feel like is best (laughs) that's cool (laughs) here's another angle i'm going to tweak it tweak the question a little bit um what if okay so in that example you're saying like uh i'm not passing judgment because i don't necessarily know what is a good path there are many potential paths that could be good Mm -hmm. what if it's something that you know for sure that someone is doing wrong or you just like strongly (laughs) disagree with right because i'm I'm guessing in a lot of instances in those parenting examples Mm -hmm. people either genuinely know things or think they know things which is probably a lot more common uh about how other people should be raising kids and there's 
probably like research validated ways of doing things and random opinion ways of doing things. But I'd just be curious where you think um, or how, I guess, you would think to approach if it's something that you actually are thinking. Maybe you're not judging them like, oh, they're a bad person, but you're judging like, well, not judging, disagreeing with the actions that they're taking. Um, It kind of depends on if I feel like, is this hurting the child in some capacity? Uh, but then I have to take a step back. Like I just heard like a fact about Alicia. I don't know if this is fact or just gossip. And I don't mean to gossip, but I heard of something about like Alicia Silverstone, like having her kid in her bed till he was seven or something like that. And I was like, that's a pretty long time. And yeah, I, I even noticed my own judgment about that. But then someone mentioned how like, you know, in a lot of cultures around the world, that's actually pretty normal. And I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to like mentally or emotionally scar them or make them too needy. It it really kind of depends on the kid and their personality. So I think I try to, you know, think about it from like other perspectives for one. And then also not not be like, this is clearly the wrong way. This is going to mentally damage your child. It's more of like, oh, what's what's I think bringing curiosity to it is helpful because it's like, well, what, what motivates you to do this? Um, what are the benefits that you see out of it? Um, how do you feel about like what other people think about this thing? Cause a lot of people probably do judge you <laughs> kind of a thing, kind of bringing curiosity to the, the situation I think can help lighten the heaviness of it. Yep, that parallels exactly basically what I would have said, you know, just sort of you have to be confident that you understand what the other person is trying to do, mm-hmm. whether or not the methods they're using to get there are mm-hmm. ones you agree with or not. You have to understand like why they're doing it. Right. And not only that, but if you don't ask first or get a good understanding, you're not going to be able to open a conversation around like, Okay, what are the outcomes that you're trying to get? Oh, interesting. Like you're doing it this way. I've seen these other things or however you want to approach that. But if you don't do that first baseline setting step, I feel like it's very unlikely to be successful and more likely to feel like you're trying to like shame them or force your sort of opinion on on top of theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did want to add how I deal with being shamed now. Another thing. thought popped into my head about even just getting shame for being a naturopathic doctor there's a lot of people out there that have like the wrong impression about it think it's like hippie medicine or witchcraft or whatever they think it's just like they don't think it's like a legitimate thing that can help people or they think it's like it can't do anything or it's so extreme it will like hurt a lot of people and it's like pick your which one it's like it does nothing or it does like the worst thing possible and it's like after doing this for over a decade I've come to not let it it rolls off my back now I mean haters are gonna hate and I'm like okay they don't fully understand it and they don't have any intention of really trying to understand it and that's not on me to help them understand if they don't want to understand but if they do want to understand great. I'm willing to share and inform them and kind of share my experience. But the other thing that I 
that kind of helps me not ex- internalize the external shame is the fact that I know that my medicine works, <laughs> that I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people feel better and improve their lives and make a difference for them. So, you know, they have, I have tons of testimonials. So it's like, they can say whatever they want. I know it works. So yeah, that's what matters at the end. So it doesn't like internally bother me so much anymore. Yeah. I think there's probably a lot more than we can say in this single (laughs) podcast about just how sort of shame can link up with self-esteem and Mm -hmm. different ways to build that and whatnot. But I've found sort of the same thing where when my self-worth was lower um, again, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel it as shame, but um, or at least not what I would describe as it, but I was much more prone to feeling like hurt or attacked Mm -hmm. or um, aggressive, you know, Uh, for example, here's a funny one recently. Uh, we went out somewhere and I got a note on my car when we got back that just said, learn how to park. Oh, and I, those kinds of things. Yeah. I, and I was like, okay, I must've mm-hmm. like parked badly. I don't know. I got out of the car. I looked around and then I was like, I have no idea why I have this note on my car. So I just crinkled it up and threw it away. Um, it might've been different if I, if I saw something, I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that in the future. But I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But in the past, like the far past, that would have been something that really sent me on uh, mental spirals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to go along with that, it, it it is connected to the way that I have learned or developed to like process feedback. It falls in the same bucket, which is like once I receive feedback of some kind, and, and this could be some sort of shame thing too, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't know this specific thing. The first thing that I try to do is figure out, like, is this feedback useful in terms of, is there something I can actually take out of this? Right. Right. Is there an action that I can do that's associated with this? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of things, or like my other YouTube channels, there's a bunch of nasty comments on there. Mm -hmm. A lot of those things don't actually have any content that you can use to do anything. Yeah. So it's just like, you shouldn't be making this kind of content. You're a bad person. And it's like, okay, what are my options to learn from this? Like I can just stop for no reason, like, (laughs) or keep going. Okay. You know, there's nothing in the message that like allowed me to pick out something that's like, here is the reason this is bad. Here's what I could potentially improve. And once I started using that sort of framework for myself implicitly of just like, what is the quality of this feedback? What is the quality of the message that's being given to me? Mm-hmm. And using that to internalize things, mm-hmm. I did so much better because I would also get or have gotten comments on other things that are like either more specific or at least rooted enough that I can go, oh, there's action here for me to take. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that that helped a lot with a lot of those negative feelings, hopefully maybe it could help with shame too, is because it gave me so much more control. Right before I had that, I didn't have control. So if somebody said something negative and it hurt my feelings or made me feel angry or whatever else, there was no way for me to change anything about it. Right. Um, And now I can either just throw those comments in the trash or dig out some sort of action to actually take. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can distinguish. I think a lot of us can distinguish when some people are just trying to be mean, to be mean. (laughs) There's 
they're not really trying to like give you criticism for you to improve they're just being an asshole <laughs> that's some people but then there there are people that are wanting to help you succeed and they're giving you constructive feedback so you can improve and then you can kind of distinguish or decide like which is actually useful and beneficial and you know I think it's worthwhile like you know to not just like oh I'm just not even going to look at the comments altogether they're all negative it's like I'm not blanket statementing that you can learn and get better and you might be able to get something but you have to be willing to kind of have a tough skin and realize that part of that is dealing with the the assholes or the trolls that leave out of their stuff that's not as pleasant it is interesting too because as you uh take time sort of sifting through different kinds of like comments and feedback and whatnot you find that the same message can be delivered on a uh benign or asshole scale right <laughs> right like, yeah <laughs> like there were a number of when i when i first started my other youtube channel there are a number of comments um just more benign comments about like, yeah. oh, the introduction is too long. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of comments about like, you know, sarcastically like, oh, you should make the introduction longer and, and things like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that once I was able to start parsing comments for their usefulness, right, for mm -hmm. their content, mm -hmm. the tone actually stopped mattering a lot. Like yeah. I stopped caring a lot because, um, well, I don't know why exactly, but it just <laughs> made it so much easier to digest. Like, wherever it was on that scale of benign to asshole mm -hmm. didn't matter as much as what is the actual usefulness of the information in here. Right. Yeah. I think that is really helpful. Great. Well, I think we covered this topic pretty well. Are there any final thoughts you have Donovan? I don't think so. I've been all over the place on this one. So I think I'm good. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share about your shameful stories in the comments if you'd like and help spread the happiness in the world. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.